Hey folks, Randy Newberg here. Welcome to Loopold's Hunt Talk Radio. Hey folks, Randy Newberg here. How you doing? Getting ready to do another episode of Leupold's Hunt Talk Radio. So, today we got two really cool guys who've been on this podcast before. Friends of mine, people I've known for a long time. Uh, I was at an event the other day and uh, a bunch of us who work on Sitka products and work with you know their marketing team and their product team uh, we were all there and they just released the new Jetstream jacket and John Barklow, who's one of the guys or the guy in charge of that project, he was explaining how he used Tyler Johnerson. Most of you know that Tyler was a camera guy for me for years, been on so many hunts with me, uh, and is probably if there is such a thing as a backcountry badass uh tyler johnerson is his picture is next to that definition and they're talking about how many years they tested this product just to upgrade it just to make it even better uh and i thought you know as much as people wonder about gear wonder about how this happens how that happens no company I know puts the rigors to it the way that Sika does. So I thought, well, maybe I can talk these guys into doing a podcast and they can talk about the process of, of testing gear and what it takes to bring it to market and make sure everything a hunter's looking for is addressed in that testing. So uh, they're here with me today. Before we get to to that discussion, I want to thank Leupold for making this podcast possible. Uh, you know, you think about Leupold based in Beaverton, Oregon, uh, just a great company, a, a legacy company in the outdoor space, big supporters of hunting and shooting and conservation. And I hope if you're in the market for optics, you'll go to leupold.com or you'll go look for their product at whatever fine retailer you're you're going to. Nosler, same exact thing. I mean, <laughs> such a mirror almost. You know, John Nosler starts his company back in 1948 with the Nosler partition bullet. And since then, they've grown to be one of the, the legacy brands, one of the leaders in bullets, bullet technology. And all of us hunters and shooters have come to just, you know, we're attached to them. So go to nodler.com, check out all their product, buy some stuff there, or again, go to your retailer and find it there. Uh, Outdoor Class is a platform that I've been working on with some other people for the last couple of years, and we're really getting rolling now. Uh, We launched it in June. If you go there, you see I'm talking about rifle elk, Corey Jacobson's talking about archery elk and calling elk. Remy Warren's talking about mule deer. Jamie Teagan's talking about um, 
she's a chef. She's talking about wild game cooking, uh, all kinds of meats. We got Hank Shaw. Just got done filming him. That'll be ready pretty soon. Uh, I'm wrapping up my pronghorn course. That'll be ready pretty soon. So it's just course after course after course about outdoor knowledge uh and if you go to outdoorclass.com use promo code randy when you sign up they'll give you 20 percent off and uh by the time this podcast rolls out you'll know that as part of outdoor class you get the university of elk hunting that my buddy Corey jacobson has had for years so what kind of added bonus is that man <laughs> now you get Corey's university of elk hunting course as part of outdoor class so go to outdoorclass.com sign up use promo code randy uh mr ranch backpacks been using those for a long long time i think this is season number 16 that i'll be using mr ranch packs um and they're a great company uh great people dana is probably the godfather of pack designs um but if you want to save some money on their pack just do this go to the go hunt gear shop and when you go to the go hunt gear shop uh you, you go to gohunt.com click shop and you select whatever mystery ranch pack you want and when you check out using promo code randy you're going to get 10 percent off that pack and most other things in your cart when you check out just by using promo code randy so go do that uh i want to talk about fresh tracks plus it's our platform our uh subscription platform so many of you have been supporting that and it's mostly a thank you to say thanks for doing that those of you who are subscribing you know that you get all of our content ad free on the highest quality stream that you can get uh you're getting exclusive content and even the content that isn't exclusive you get way earlier than everybody else and hopefully all of you were uh, in the drawing that we just got done we did a one-year anniversary celebration for the sweepstakes uh for the fresh tracks plus so go to freshtracks.tv if you're so interested we'd love to have you as, as a subscriber and then we've got go hunt you know, we've been using the Go Hunt products since that company came to the scene. We use their insider for all of our research, all of our draw odds, uh, just so many different things, uh, strategy articles. Well, then along they come with maps, mobile maps, desktop maps, tools. You know, I, I the, probably the thing I'm most proud of and what I've done with them in the last year is this new tool called the Terrain Analysis Tool. And we just launched some videos about how we use that for e-scouting. I think when you go and see that Terrain Analysis Tool, you're going to be like, holy cow. And uh, anyhow, if you want to save some money or, or, you know, get a better value for signing up for the Insider, which is our highest level that includes maps and everything, use promo code Randy when you sign up. They'll give you $50 of credit in their gear shop. And if you only need the maps, they have a just a map-only version that is called Explorer. If you use promo code Randy when you sign up for all 50 states of their maps, uh, they'll give you... Uh, $20 credit in their gear shop. So anyhow, Tyler and John are here looking at me saying, quit talking. We, we, we got work to do, pal. Uh, but really thankful to have them as friends, as uh, trusted folks I can call and ask questions. And uh, really thankful that they are here 
for this podcast. Thanks for being here, folks. Hey, folks. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, like I said, today we have two repeat guests from this podcast, uh, Tyler Johnerson and John Barklow. Uh, Tyler's been so busy chasing lions and archery elk hunting and picking up shed antlers, it's been a few years since I've been able to swaggle him into one of these. Uh, I think it, last time you were on was when we had Tim Lesser down yep. in New Mexico. New Mexico, when he shot and, the bull. Yep. Yeah. And John, you were on not... Not know. too long ago, this yeah. winter sometime. Yeah, we were talking about your storms of knowledge, your knowledge of... Knowledge, knowledge from storms. Knowledge from yeah. storms, whatever, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you interviewed me or I interviewed Corey on that one. Yeah, but, it was uh, uh, it was fun to have you over on the Elk Talk podcast. So, uh, But appreciate you guys being here on a beautiful August day. I mean, you guys could be doing something else. I guess archery pronghorn isn't open yet. I go where air conditioning's at when there's no honey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the the reason I wanted to have you guys was a couple of weeks ago we were all at the same Sitka event, and uh, the new Jetstream jacket got rolled out at that event. And I know who one of your product testers is, and his name happens to be Tyler Johnerson. <laughs> Who people who follow Tyler? What is it? Hunt Solo Ty or something mm-hmm. like that yep. on Instagram? Kind of stuck, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there's, and I say this all the time that if there was only one elk remaining in Montana and there was a billion dollar reward for finding it, <laughs> there's two people that I would think about to go find that elk, and Tyler would be one of the two, and. Uh, I was kind of saying that off off mic to John. I said, uh, you know, I don't want to rat out all your product testers, but I guess we're going to rat out one of them. Uh, so I'll leave it up to you, John, well, if you want to rat out anyone else. But No, but kind of excited as I was to do this podcast because I think it's a really interesting topic that is really not discussed. I don't think I've ever discussed it. And yeah. I've talked a lot publicly, but... Uh, I was hesitant at the same time because mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to keep him a secret, <laughs> even though he's not a secret, but he's like my secret. Uh, I'm pretty loyal. Oh, I have no doubt about that. But I'm like, I don't know if I necessarily, I don't need people following him to trailheads and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Well, I think some of that already happens because... If you talk to any of the hound hunters who chase lions, Tyler's got those people always checking his tracks. The archery elk hunters are always checking his tracks. The The mountain goat hunters, are, do you have a mountain goat tag this year? No, but I'm guiding to back to back. Okay. So, so uh, even if you don't rat him out, John, I think he's got plenty of people who are keeping an eye on him. And so, uh, yeah, but with age comes wisdom. <laughs> so I have tricks. So kind of how Tyler and I, a lot of the audience knows this because they've seen him in a lot of our our stuff. You know, for three or four years there, Tyler, you were like the main subcontract guy that yep. we used for shooting. And whenever it was a really bad hunt. 
Like, I want Tyler on this. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. There's a lot of hunts we all those couple years of blacktail up in Alaska. Alaska. That was awesome. Yeah, that was New Mexico has brought a lot of adventure, elk adventures. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy adventures. Yeah. Yeah, that canyon, that hole. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. Hopefully we never we're getting too old to have to haul an elk out of there again. Yeah, pretty but, well. So anyhow, Tyler spends his time when he isn't in his boat walleye fishing with Marcy and the kids, he is out doing something intense that everybody looks at it and their most common response is, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm interested in knowing to as much as you can tell, John and Tyler, as much as you can tell, I don't, I know there's confines about what you can share, but how you guys go about testing products and how many years and what you put this stuff through. Because I think a lot of people just assume you go over to accounting and say, hey, what's going to make us the most money? And then go to marketing and say, how many of these can you sell? And then you all pretty it up and, you know, get some magazine covers and some photographs of some guy walking across a creek with a, <laughs> a European mount in his pack. It's like... Yeah. Really? So to can you start us down that path of how far in advance and how you guys go about this? Yeah. So first let me talk about the accountant. So, because <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, and I have said this before, but it's been a long time. For, for all intents and purposes, like in product development, you know, we have complete carte blanche to explore technologies and ideas and, you know, different product forms. And, you know, I have done some crazy things mm -hmm. over the years. Um, you know, I literally had uh, our designer, I won't mention his name because I don't want people poaching him, but, uh, <laughs> but we literally had our, our, our designer who uh, is in town here. I literally had to make me a pair of Gore-Tex shorts for Cole Kramer. Which and we who, were trying to, yeah. Yeah, Cole, Cole is an outfitter on Kodiak. On Kodiak, yeah. And so we were trying to solve a kind of an interesting problem. And I said, well, maybe we need to look at it from a completely different perspective. And the next thing you know, we had Gore-Tex shorts. And he's like, oh, it's the dumbest thing ever. And I said, maybe, or it could be the best thing ever. So let's try it. Anyways, we, we kind of have complete freedom there. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, you know, part of my job is to, you know, kind of build the business of it. But um so to answer one of your questions, we could start, I think the earliest I've ever started anything before we got it commercialized was four years. Wow. Um, sometimes, oftentimes it's three and, and two, depending on, you know, if it's an existing product form and we're just tweaking some things, you know, depending on what that may be, two, but really no less than two, three to four is more the norm. Um, and, and then it depends what you're doing. So are we trying a new technology? Is it a new fabric? Is it a new, you know, there's a pant and jacket's pretty basic, right? There's two arms and two legs, but you know, <laughs> are, is there something really unique we're trying to do or a combination of unique things we're trying to do? And, you know, you, you, you hear this said in the, in the industry or the outdoor industry, you know, you never want to test on your consumer. And, and that's true. That's a very true statement. And when you're, you know, a premium brand like Sitka, you know, that, that's absolutely not what you want to do. So right. we want to be very confident 
that the product we're putting out has been vetted and you know put through the ringer by by Tyler as an example um, that far exceeds anything the the general consumer is going to use that we feel very confident putting our name on it and then yeah. throwing it out there. The last thing that I would ever want is, you know, to have a product out there and it fail on somebody and then, you know, they got hurt, they got hypothermic, they got whatever the case may be because mm -hmm. we didn't do our due diligence. Yeah. Two years is the shortest, four years is sometimes the window. Well, yeah. and, and to be fair and clear to everybody, the team is, I'm I'm just like the rock kicker guy, but the team's <laughs> so, um, seems like everything we put out for test, it's not something that's a Kleenex that's going to fall apart in a day. So I'm lucky in that regard. Like a lot of the technologies, a lot of the, these people have had their hands and worked in all kinds of successful product already. So to be on the cutting edge of, you know, a lot of times it is the technology and you know, I said this off before we started, but I don't ever ask or even know the performance of it. And that's actually the working model, I think, is I can give my, just my real, I wouldn't say I'm a layman, but I, I have a language and I can talk the product to John in my language and he gets it without having to explain it. And then he can probably take that back, unpack it with, and we'll leave, you know, I'm not going to say their name, but yeah. I work with those, the other guys too. And I get to see kind of how they interpret it. And, you know, on the back end, like when stuff starts to come out and I'm like, Oh, okay. So yeah, that's why I felt like this was doing that, you know, like, and I kind of like that. I don't want to have, I don't want to be clouded with, yeah information so, or anything so they don't give you a preconceived notion nothing of, no i don't like, want to lead the witness no okay like huh. if i tell them oh hey you know there's this thing and it's got all these great lab results <clears throat> yeah that never happened occasionally i might come and say what about you know a little better fit here or a cut here or a, a vent pocket there or you know i'll have an mm -hmm. idea that'll make it better and it may or may not happen and i may or may not it may or may not matter i just it just it comes out to where the finished product i just am purely like there to wear and tear and then talk it out through my own language you know and that's mm. uh, that's and it sees right there i'm like i would have thought john would say no tyler this is it this is its use this is what we want check this part check that part you're just like Tyler, I got something for you here. Go yeah, the pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> pretty well, much. So know, don't give me too much credit. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. You know, I didn't know if I was going to say this or, or when I was going to say it. But I, I guess I'll say it now because I, I I often get asked, and, and Randy and Tyler, I don't know if you guys get asked, but you know, people say, well, you know, how do I become a product tester for Sitka or or some other brand, or you know, yeah. shooting a bow or a rifle? And you know, that it, it's there's a big answer there. Um, I think you have to be proficient in whatever it is you, you say you are, mm -hmm. but for me anyways, I have to trust that person yep. and I have to value their opinion. If I don't value your opinion, then I don't need to hear it. Right. And then I need to trust them because, you know, we're giving them, you know, intellectual property that you know, we don't want other people to beat us to market to. And so, yeah. you know, those are two of the biggest things. Which and then, does happen. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you know, he has over the years, even before I got here, been involved enough that he understands 
how things work and some of the technologies, but depending on what we're trying to do, you know, is it just a product form where we want to make sure the pockets are in the right place or the fits correct? Or are we trying to vet durability or breathability or integration into a system? All those things are different. So, you know, we'll let him know that. But if, if, you know, we, we, we think that this, uh, you know, new fabric is like incredibly breathable and like would never get wet. I don't want to tell him that Mm -hmm. he's smart enough to figure it out. Clearly I know he can take care of himself, but if he comes back and says, Hey, it does this, this, and this. And I'm like, Roger that that's perfect. That's exactly what I'm hoping to hear. But I didn't lead the witness to get and him there. To frame this, too, to, so the audience can understand is I've been lucky enough. I've hunted my whole life. You know, I'm, I won't even give up my age. I don't want to age myself. <laughs> I but, know uh, how old you but are. But in a career, you know, I've literally kind of shaped my life around my passion. And I, I get so long before Sitka was an idea. I was sheep hunting in the north and going to Mexico and, you know, hardcore hunting. And what did we do? What did, I would observe and learn from the best in the business. And back then it was, you know, all the Arteryx and Mammut and North Face and, you know, Black Diamond and on. And these are your mountaineering gear. And so from there, you know, you have a baseline or a point of a tried and true alpinist you know, mountaineering gear. And, and again, I'm learning this as a young man through these outfitters that I'm le- looking up to. These sheep guys have been around forever. <clears throat> and then now, you know, comes the to fruition, the hunting mountaineering gear in conception of Sitka. And then, um, so fast forward a handful of years, you know, I, I got kind of in, injected or absorbed you know, not long after they came on the scene and I wasn't majorly a player or a part of it, but as time went on and, you know, I, I got to be more and more absorbed and involved. And then gosh, probably seven years now, we, well, you've been there. What's I've been working with them closely for that many years, but it's only gotten better and better and better. And and I've been very, um, you know, living in this focus of within this brand, but these guys that are bringing this to me, they've already been in this world, you know, they've already worked in that world of, of the, the gear and the, the, the technological advances that have come. But now we're fo- so far beyond when it was in the beginning for me and my mountaineering days of what gear. So now I just feel lucky to be like one of the guys that gets to be putting stuff to the test. Cause you know, not very often, but some stuff just doesn't work. And mm-hmm. I'm not, and I'm not afraid yeah. to come and say, yeah, you know what, park shelf this, mm-hmm. you know, but this, and then this aspect of this piece, you know, I'll rave about. And, and then these guys come out with a second gen, a third gen, a four, however much it takes until the products like, yep, we're there. And, and, and that's where I think it's really cool to work with sick because, because, um, I don't really feel that the competitive brands out there are putting what we are into it. And, and that comes with a cost, you know, yeah. there's cost involved with, with really good gear, but you know, if people really can wrap their head around it and understand, like it really does go through the test. And again, these guys know 
what this technology performs at. They're, they're getting it cutting edge like no one else is getting their hands on it first. And so, yeah, to be on the front of the spear with like the best hunting mountaineering gear out there is, you know, it's awesome, but it's not a, well, I don't I, take I, it for <clears throat> granted, I guess is where I was saying. No, but I, I, I will add something there that if you, if you, if you know Tyler Johnerson, he stays in his own lane, but in his lane, he will tell you what's going right and what's going wrong. Maybe to a fault. <laughs> <laughs> because he and I have been out there before on a mountain and I'm doing something really stupid and we're not seeing any elk and he'll be like, why are we doing this? <laughs> so we've had a lot of really good luck together so and it wasn't always my ideas so. but uh, the point of that is and that's probably where the value comes to any of these people you select john is they gotta be comfortable telling you what's good and what's bad because uh, yeah yes, there's no reason yes to man. blow smoke i mean yeah. that that's it doesn't help anybody right uh, you you know the tester may think it helps them at some level but it's not going to get anybody anywhere. And, you know, and that's not, that's not what we're looking for. Anybody who knows me knows I, I wouldn't deal with that. But, um, you know, the, the other thing I would say is there's a, to me, there's a huge difference between testing a product and, and wearing a product, right? Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is I need to test just say durability. Yeah. So, I need people to go and beat the hell out of it to test durability. If I need to test waterproofness, I'm not going to send it to New Mexico. I'm going to get it on somebody who lives or, you know, up in Alaska or Canada or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, and then we need to get hours and days and weeks and months on it. And somebody like Tyler, you know, if I go to him and say, Hey, I need 30 days of use on this pant. 31 days later, he will come back and say, here's, here's your 30 days of use. And, and not many people to include myself. I, I can't do that. Right. Right. Oh, um, and so, you know, if we say something dries quick, it's because we got it wet and we saw how it dried. Um, and so there's a big difference between testing and then what I'll call maybe validation. And so, you know, you as a, as an ambassador, right. By the time you get it, yeah. Tyler's probably got several so when you got your jet stream tyler already had two years behind that right right and so what we're looking for you from then is final validation are the pockets in the right place did we get the fit right you know is it acceptable for you from a noise perspective or whatever it is mm -hmm. but we're very confident at that point that we're not going to compromise you know your hunt your tv show your career um tyler's the one that's people like tyler which there's not very many um <laughs> that that's 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 why we're confident in doing that. And then we start to invest the money. Yeah. Well, when you said you're going to redo the jet stream, <laughs> I heard, I started hearing rumors of it just a few months ago. I'm like, oh no, don't. This is like my elk hunting uniform. Since it came out, I, I you would have to, of our, you know, hundred terabytes of footage on these servers here. You would spend a lot of time scouring things to find a clip where I was not wearing a Jetstream jacket. Well, and John, inject, how many versions have we done now? Like, is there a f have I been through five versions with you? To get to, the, to, get to what, to Randy? To get to where we're at today with the Jetstream, and they've all been good. Yeah, I'd say probably five. But 
this one. And you, it's all you. I was like, Listen, I don't get nervous too often, mm-hmm. you know, with business. But I knew when I stood up in front of the business and told them that we were going to redo the jet stream. I knew that I couldn't kill the golden goose because, it, you know, it's, <laughs> it's one of it's a flagship. The, it's a flagship. It's one of the most popular styles Sitka's ever made. Mm-hmm. This year in 2022, mm-hmm. it had been in the market 14 years. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't, we didn't do it lightly. And quite frankly, if we hadn't figured it out, we just, the, the years of testing he had, we'd have just scrapped it and kept what we had. Um, but yeah, it was nerve wracking. Because, you know, I would, they, they wouldn't have had to fire me because I'd have, I'd have quit in shame if, if you yeah. know, we'd, we'd have screwed it up. I was a little reluctant. I mean, you can you can Because it's one of converse. your favorite pieces, too, well, yeah. especially and in the winter. Now it's like, it's one of the main pieces I rely on most of the year, as Randy said, and you do as well. And you come to me and, and uh, I'm thinking... Because this has happened before with other pieces, but that I don't have to wear them. I don't wear them as much. They're a little more smaller slot in the year, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe a two-month. Now, this one's like a seven, eight-month piece, and I'm going, oh, no. Yeah. You know, and then I was feeling it, and I'm like, oh, no. You know, because I it... didn't. It, it's like <laughs> literally like a suede dress coat i mean it is like i love the soft oh, and quiet man, awesome smooth. yeah the new the new coat the, yeah. the new one mm-hmm. whereas the older um jet streams they were tough and they were awesome and there I, there was really no fault to them until you've or until i had the chance to test this one and yeah. i have like between 150 and 200 days on it and i'm talking yeah. like i don't really take care of it like yeah, I don't so, take care so, of anything Tyler's no, not the guy so you he absolutely, to say no take to, to be gentle on this yeah there's no reason to have the uh, care label on the inside yeah. it's not it's not gonna matter no. but you know so let's uh so let's just say 200 days a year right so the the stats well, that we yep. have and maybe you have some probably yeah not not, probably, not a year but two, 200 days. I would say 200 mm-hmm. in total if you want to be god honest with yeah. yourself that's probably what I had on that because it was a color that I couldn't even wear at other times of the year, you know? So yeah, we should talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but that's uh, all part of it too. It's like, well, it is what it is. You're an accountant. So maybe you can do the math in your head, but I can't, but the, the stat that, that we've been told is it the, you know, the, the average hunter in North America hunts big game 15 to 16 days a year. Yeah. So 15 days a year, that's a season. How many years is that to get 200 hours, right? Or 200, 200 days, 200, 200 yeah. days. And so he can do that for us in, in two years, yeah. um, but, which I can't, I can't get that anywhere else. And so with, with the jet stream, we had had, you know, lab testing that said it was durable. And I'm like, to your guy's point, I'm like, I, I don't see how it's possible. It's softer. It's quieter. It's all these great attributes that are better than the existing how can it be more durable? And it's a recycled face, you know, because we were trying mm-hmm. to do what's right for the for the environment. I'm like, it just sound it sounds too good to be true, and and feels I, too good to be true, and it feels too good it's to like be true. Gucci or something. But, but, <laughs> I, but the the last, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, so I won't I won't say exactly what you told me. But the last time I had talked to him to get like the final validation, like, Hey, we're doing this. We're going to commit all this money to this. Was this when you came to my house? I did. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, he said, 
I just want you to know, this isn't like just a little bit better. It's a lot better. Hmm. And I mean, I just felt completely comfortable to invest the millions of dollars we did to, to, to create this thing. Right. right? But that's, that's what testing does um, to get you to a point where you're comfortable pulling the trigger on that. And then the, when you, when you get samples, at least when you get the initial kind of samples, especially if it's a new fabric you're developing, you don't get to call the color. So mm -hmm. Asia, which a lot, that's where a lot of our, it's all textile. Yeah. Like Taiwan. Asia. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, I mean, honestly, I think they're screwing with this sometimes, <laughs> but, um, you don't know what color you're going to get or color combinations you're going to get. And yeah. so the, the initial jet streams that showed up or the ones we, the, the final one, it was like this weird, like aqua blue. It almost. was like turquoise. Kind turquoise. Of. Yeah. Right. And, and here's Seriously, another thing. Sea so blue turquoise. I mean, I, I was like, I, I don't, I don't know if he's going to wear this, you know, mm -hmm. he does, he doesn't wear camo, which is huge. Cause no, no test garment's going to come in a camo. Right. right. But I'm like aqua, you know, turquoise might be pushing it. Um, but you, you know, again, if you want to be a tester, that's kind of what, that's kind of part of what you have to put up with. And again, I'm big houndsman. So I'm running all winter and going yep. really, really hard. Yep. And you don't need camo for that. You don't need to conceal for that. And, you know, yeah. I just was like, this is good timing because you, the first time you brought me the jacket, you said, I need you to put 30 days on this right, just to, cause you were trying to get ahead of, okay, are we so going down the wrong path? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we can fast forward two years later and John's referring to our conversation in the kitchen. And I'm like, yeah, this coat is way better, like <laughs> way better. And I think a lot of it too, is just the fit. It's quiet, you know. I mean, yeah, I don't wear camo, and that's a whole nother rabbit hole and stuff because Sitka's a camo company, and like, but it's all preference. But the bottom line is keep the wind, don't move, and stay quiet. And that's just some keep it simple mantra I try to live. And this coat is, it's quiet, it's super comfortable. You know, comfort's a huge part of being out there when you're oh, yeah. in rough weather. And yeah you know, and the drying and just the wear. The wear was phenomenal to me, given like the feel of what I thought. And then when we went through the whole testing regime and then, I mean, you look at this coat, John, I gave it to him. I'm like, you tell me how, if you can see that this thing's been abused because I've abused the crap out of it. And if you look at it at the right light sideways, you can see that it's, you can see it's been used, but I, I'll go hang up all the other Jetstream coats that I've tested or gone through and some have delammed and torn. And, and that's just from super hard use. It's not like they're not a good coat. Yeah. This one didn't, and I didn't do anything different. Yeah. So I have to just believe like, well, you guys did something right or there's something, <laughs> you know? And so. Well, and we get we, lucky. I mean, honestly, I, I'm not going to take credit. Like we got lucky on that. Hmm. Uh, you know, they, well, they, you told me they, something they, that they it was an accident, me, and I'm you like, said. yeah, and I'm like, well, let's try it, see what happens. We'll invest a month into it, or he'll invest a month into it. Uh -huh. Yeah, and then know. it was a month later, and I'm like, this thing's awesome, man. Like, I'm really, I'm really liking this, and then it goes forward. You know, yeah. And, then, and when you get to know people, you know, you you kind of know if they're 
excited or it's just yeah. like, you know, is it going to be a big deal or is it just going to be, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. Well, the lap said enough. one thing, but out in the field, you're like, yeah, I can't really tell the difference, yeah. you know? And so that's where you have to go, well, you know, if it's going to cost more, is it worth it? Is it worth it to the consumer, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you're just constantly going back and forth. And, you know, I, I test things in my own way because I like to be a very hands-on user, but I, I can't, my life isn't structured with my job to put the months and months and months yeah. um, on something like, like what he's got. Um, I got to tell you though, you know, the ascent pants we've got. Yeah. So the first pair of ascent pants we ever got were literally bright red, <laughs> bright red. And, and back in the day, I don't do it anymore. I, I go to other places now cause it's way too crowded and too public. But, um, back in the day, so that would have been probably 2016. If you were like at the M trailhead at 4.30 in the morning, you would see this idiot hiking around with bright red pants on. And I literally have a sleeping bag that's yellow with black polka dots because yep. that's what the fabric was. Well, And, I have and I'm some, like, you yeah. have got to be kidding me. I've got some purple and gray winter <laughs> snow pants. I got some deglo yellow. Yeah. Testing. Oh, yeah. We got all kinds of wild colors. Oh, but, but also, too, just for the audience, again, to understand, like, where John and I, we've not only worked together, like, standing there over the the tested pieces and stuff, but we've mm-hmm. crawled around on the mountain together. We've right. killed elk together. We've killed pronghorn together. We've killed mule deer together. Like we've, we've hunted together. So we, we understand each other's um, interpretation of how we're using gear. And, you know, when I say something about, you know, the, uh, my process or whatever, we've already been on, on the mountain together. So, yeah having that sort of understanding and connection and being him being able to read between the lines, you know, again, my language is my language. When I walk mm-hmm. into the brain room, we call it, they're talking things that I just don't even like <laughs> I, whatever technology, this and such cut that and certain stitch that I don't, well, I don't know, make the <laughs> stitch like this stitch, you know, like do this. So, but I was just trying to frame, like, it's not like we don't have an extensive understanding of each other from, you know, the office brain room side, right to the mountain side, right to the hanging out. And fish and able, walleye. Yeah, fish yeah. and walleye. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. <laughs> well, it's uh, it just, the, this is the conversation I'm I'm wanting to have because so many companies say, well, we're going to make this uh better you know we're gonna upgrade this it's mostly just to give them something to market around uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm not making gonna, a comment on that no you don't have to yeah. i'm saying that john because we've all seen it in the outdoor space right yeah. well, that's a lot uh, of the business model is <clears throat> it's mm-hmm. the money is the bottom line and you know mm-hmm. it really is if you want a successful business but mm-hmm. if you don't have like a rock solid foundation on your like in this case, if we're specifically talking jet stream, that thing's got to be bulletproof because right. it's a flagship piece, you know. Yeah, and and you're building a product that somebody probably is going to use their entire. It could I, last I call their it entire an investment, lifetime. absolutely. Right. Because it, as an example, when you guys first came out with Subalpine, I think in 2017. Okay, I yep. got one handed to me in 16. D- 16, yeah. 
And so I'm out there using it and I'm still using the the print on it was a little more brown. Mm -hmm. And on camera it looked really brown. But it worked damn good. So I'm using it like in 2019. <laughs> and your marketing group calls like, Newberg, why are you still using that old jet stream? <laughs> Do you need another one? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, it's working great. It's get, You know, I'm out there 80 to 100 days a year. I'd bet 80 of the days of my year I am using that jet stream. So, yeah. you know, it's now got four, four years, 300 days on it. Mm -hmm. And it's Working great. Well, yeah. and, and yeah. I've lived by the motto for a long time, like you can buy nice or buy twice. Yeah. You buy know? once, so, once. you know, good gear goes a long way, especially for what we do. I mean, there is no like, oh, let's run back to the truck and get the other one. No. No. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I, I saw Tyler uh, on a deer hunt one time on an unnamed island in southeast Alaska had a piece of rain gear that you sent with him. Mm. And we left, and it was just beautiful blue as we left the ocean, and we climb up. And within two days, I had never hunted or tried to film. Well, I just stayed in the tent. You wanted to keep hunting, and you and Marcus tried filming. That, that was... Yeah, I had never... It, it was zero visibility yeah. rain. And uh, as only Southeast Alaska can get, yeah, yeah. and we were in Alpine, so yep. there's no getting away, yeah. right? Uh, and Tyler's making notes, he's like, I gotta tell Barclow about this. <laughs> and I had no idea what it was that what he'd sent you with. It, it, did, uh, did that become the dew point? Yeah, the super light, yeah, and yeah. uh, so well, the, it, the, the tough thing is when it's uh, so he and of course, we, are, we can't talk about it, but you know. We've worked on projects. We're continuing to work on projects. And they don't all make it to, to commercialization, yeah. you know. Or, you know, and I, I've, I've said, I, you know, I've said this and it sounds arrogant, but I, I don't mean it to be. But we've made products that, quite frankly, the world's just not ready for right now. And, and what mm -hmm. I mean by that is either the technology or the, 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 the end product is more expensive than probably the market would bear. And so the technology isn't such that I don't think we're just not ready for it yet. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, and I don't, I don't share a lot of this with him, but you know, just the business side of it is, ah, it's just, it's not ready to get in the rotation for what, you know, whatever business cycle we need to mm -hmm. do. And, and that's tough for me as well, because, you know, we've got products that we know are incredible yeah, and they're just not quite ready. Um, I can talk to you off air about the one. I think we, we might be ready, but, uh, but you know, so that's a tough one. And, and, you know, if you're going to be a field tester, like you've got to understand that, like you are, you're testing for a brand, but ultimately it's a business decision to go forward with it. Even if everything was green light go, maybe it just wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's just not the time yet. Yeah. And, um, I, I, that can be tough for me, but I, you know, that's when he and I have to pop a Corona and talk about it <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not yet not yet or no we're not going to do it you know <laughs> so which is fine just make me the one-off <laughs> exactly uh. you always get the one-off but yeah 
So of all the things that you uh, test, Tyler, what what puts it through the biggest ringer? Your lion hunting, your elk hunting? Probably the lion hunting. Lion hunting? Yeah. Yeah. Because you got, you know, you're dealing with wet, dry, wet, dry, wet, dry, wet, dry. You know, you're dealing with timber crashing. You're riding snow machine through trees. You're hiking. You're in the boulder fields. You're in the rocks. You're wind. The wind. Snow. You're, you know, then there's, I mean... I got dry ground aspect to it then, you know, and then you got to get your venting going with the, with the pants and the coat. And then you're back to like back to 10 below. And I like to keep my kits. I say kit. I'm a very like, keep it simple person. Like yes. I like to be very focused. And so when I get a kit that works, I want it to work with a huge temp variant and I want to be able to not have to be slowing down. And so when I'm doing the lion hunting stuff and handling dogs and, you know, they're jumping on you and, they, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there that most people might not ever put through. Right. But it doesn't mean that it's not benefiting the consumer down the line because all those things that I mentioned and, you know, there's films out there and we're working on one now, but there's so many components to it um, within like a given day. And this is every day. Right that that material or whatever it is, whether it's a pin or a coat or an underlayer or a sock or whatever, that material is just, it's getting wet, it's getting dry, wet, dry. And then you start adding on all the temperature variants and then the timber and the rocks and the abrasion and um, dogs jumping on you and, yeah. you know, all that different stuff. It's like, that's probably the hardest testing yeah. in the all round. Um, yeah. but I mean, certainly like the mountain goat and sheep hunting, that's very big because there's a side to that, that, um, you know, there's a lot of skidding around on your butt and knees and stuff in the rocks. And, um, you gotta keep, you gotta break that wind when you're up there. And then, you know, again, this is not a time to like baby your gear. Cause you, you know, you're in the most harsh and environment there is on a mountain the alpine yeah um so you got to rely on the gear 100 percent. but so this goes back to earlier when we were visiting about that's why i'm just lucky to deal with guys that are so knowledgeable bringing these test pieces that are at a high level already so there's not very many and i'm not going to even go down that path of things that i've worn for just a couple few days and been like and there has been a couple a few mm. That I'm like, this sucks. Yeah, well, you got to take some. You got to yeah, take you, some swings. It's just know? part of the deal, you yeah, know. It's but, an but it's like, yeah. But John just said, you know, we took a swing at this new material and the new jet stream make, you know, makeup, and both of us were pretty hesitant on. I don't know, but again, took a swing at it, and I think it's awesome. I'm really. It, it took us three years. Took me three years working with the team to get that dog on Gore-Tex laminate. Really? And it was frustrating. And, you know, there was a couple nuances in there that, that made it longer. But when you give somebody, and I used to, um, I used another guy, I won't mention his name. He's not in Montana, but I, I had used another guy as well to test that dew point. And what I found is, and, and this goes back to even when I was in the military and we were testing gear, if you give somebody a piece of gear, Depending on what it is, you know, obviously I'd like to see it back. Sometimes we want to put it in the lab. So the dew point stuff we did. And so I start asking for this dew point back. And believe it or not, remember that first stuff was like powder blue. 
Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Yeah. With I had that. I had a pair blues. of them pants. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And, uh, and so I said, okay, guys, you kind know, of that rubbery type material. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it, you know, time to send it back so I can send it back to lab, get it tested. You know, are you having any problems? Nope. Nope. We're not having any problems. And I said, okay, well, you got to send it back. And they're like, well, we don't really want to send it back. Can we, can we get it back <laughs> when it's done with the lab? And anytime people start saying, Hey, can I have it back? after testing, assuming it's not a destructive test, mm-hmm. you kind of know you're on to something. Yeah. Um, you know, cause it's not maybe the coolest color or whatever, but if, if they've figured out a performance attribute that they really like, then you're like, okay, we're, we should continue this and see where this, you know, this is worth investing more time yeah. more money in. Um, you know, and I, he said something and, you know, that, sometimes when he gets stuff like there's been some thought and testing put in, you know, cause I like to be hands-on as well. And I don't know if I've given you any split garments or not, but you know, when we're trying to figure out fabrics, oh, so yeah, let's I've take had the split. Yeah, yeah. So let's take the ascent pan again. But again, just, I don't just, know. I just, I'm just, like, this looks a little different. Yeah. <laughs> like one leg looks a little different. Yeah. Than I don't other. want them to know. So I gave yeah. him a pair, I gave him a pair of mountain pants one time yeah. and you yeah. really couldn't tell unless you looked in the light, but, but one was performed one, much better. And, and one was, one was just a different, it was, it was a recycled something. And then one was something else. And it, it, I didn't even know which leg was which really? I just knew that. They were different. I said, Hey, here's a pair of mountain pants. Like, go out and run around in them, you know? Um, But when we were testing the ascent pant, we had all these fabrics and we wanted to, you know, we wanted it lightweight. We wanted it breathable. We wanted it to dry quick, but it had to be durable. It Mm -hmm. couldn't just be lightweight and fall apart. It's hard to get that balance. Very difficult, you know? So, our our designer here in town, he's been doing this for 40 years and he said, The best way to do this. He says, I'll make you, I'll make you pants, but he goes, I'm going to put one fabric in one leg and one in the other. And then, and if there's four <laughs> fabrics, I'll make you two pairs of pants. And then once you figure out two, then I'll make another pair of pants with those two. And again, so I've had jackets, not, not jackets. I've had pants. I've had shirts. Well, I think we had a jacket. Um, but again, they're not all the same color. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I'm Again, I don't do it anymore, but you know, I'm at the M trailhead and not only is the goofy guy walking, <laughs> but he's got one leg that's red and one leg that's brown. He's wearing a jacket that's got an orange hood and you know, a green body and one yeah. sleeve is yellow. But but the way we do that is you really get the best apples to apples comparison right. on that day. With those environmental conditions and whatever you're doing, whatever you're testing. So mm-hmm. if it's durability, you've got the same time on it, or if it's drying, or, you know, whatever attributes you're trying to test for. Um, and so, it, you know, oftentimes I'll do a lot of that and then bring him in so he doesn't have to just constantly cycle through. Because a lot of times you can just throw stuff out pretty quick. And mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, now we're kind of down to two. And, you know, they're meeting all these, these attributes and, you know, they're meeting the costing we need to try to figure out and all this. Okay. Now, now get it on him and go, Hey, just, uh, you know, here's a pair of pants, figure it out and see what you think. <laughs> well, and like also too, and, and this is, you'll have to fill in the gaps, but, um, our other confidants told me about that. I'm sorry, I guess we're not supposed to say his name, but anyways, 
There are like I don't want people are, poaching him. There, I, yeah, I get it. Post I get up it. on his house. There are uh, there are there is like a baseline standard testing for like abrasion and and stuff like that where they put it in these machines. And, right? Yep. Am I wrong? And but that doesn't constitute with the the UV the the wet dry um the the different types of abrasion you know like there's all kinds of different types of abrasion the snagging aspect of things like there's only so many tests and that's 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 great but i think this is where we take it to another level and by having a pan i can specifically remember that mountain pant having the two legs yeah one leg was way better i'm like this is the <laughs> pant we need to make this one right here and then this one was all torn and holes in it and it, it was very some, it was very it was obvious. very obvious you know yeah. and uh but that was the same pan i mean i don't use one leg more than another right. well maybe not i have a hurt hip so right. <laughs> but, but still you're plowing through yeah. the same conditions yeah. under the same environmental yeah. Yeah. that i think is at the next level of a of a true test of a material contrary to what they standardize like i mean they have names for these yeah like there's a martindale test it's called it's a kind of a standard test for durability and it's a great way to start to focus in right and you just get small pieces so you're not investing a lot of money and you just okay okay, this is kind of looking good but the only way to know if it's going to stand up to the abuse of you know going through a half mile of blowdown is to go through a half mile of blowdown. I mean, it, you know, or or a, yeah. or a season of lion hunting, or you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, we've the, the the interesting thing about the lion hunting that I I find so just a really good overall um, great test platform is, you know, like you said, he's riding machines, so he's you know potentially plowing through brush that way. Then he's post holing, so we've figured out really quick sometimes that. Man, just post holing, just you wouldn't think so, but just walking through that snow up to your knee would just start to degrade things and and um, and the and moisture then, wicking and, the, and a lot because of because the moisture wicking because of the temperature fluctuations, mm-hmm. like there's just a lot there, and so yeah, um, elevation changes is big. Yeah, comes with temperature change, yeah. comes with moisture levels, and then just a number of days. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Just just a number of days, and and no offense to you, Randy, I'm downstream but, compared to this guy. Well, but so you'd be a great field tester. But the problem with with somebody like yourself is, you're so much in the public eye, and so much of what you do is on camera that mm-hmm. I, I I you know we it you wouldn't work out. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so that that's where that's where now we go to somebody like you and go okay. We've done the back end testing. We can get this on you. It's in the right camel print. So if it's on film, you're you're going to be okay. Now go help us validate this and say, you know, is this better? Is this good? Is this, you know, do you want to tweak anything? Now's the time. Yeah. But that's where the the year, but the years before that is what gets us oh. to the point where we, you know, engage you and or that's Adam or whoever. Yeah, that's what's so remarkable for me is that. Okay, so I get the jet stream a few months before everybody else just because you guys say, hey, we need... Or a season before, whatever it is, yep. And uh, the product, by the time it gets to me, is I've never had an issue, a flaw. It's always like, holy crap, how did I not have this all my life? And that's because of the work that we've just been talking about here that you guys commit to. Yeah. And you've told me some of the stories, John, of how far down you've went 
on certain projects and said, you know what, this, this isn't going to meet our standards. And yeah, the and, time and, and the cost yeah. and the everything else that you've put into that, a lot of companies aren't going to pull the plug. Well, and honestly, and this is, you know, God's honest truth. I have never once been pressured in the least to bring something to market. They, they rely on us to do our due diligence. And when we're ready, we talk about it and say, okay, we want to do this. Mm -hmm. And if it's taken four years and whatever, you know, our R and D budget is, then, then so be it. Now, I mean, I'm not literally spending money like a drunken sailor, of which I know a little <laughs> bit about. Um, but I will tell you, like the ambient, so the amp, we just launched the ambient platform, which is a, a new Primaloft insulation. Eric and I started to engage Primaloft four years ago on that insulation and started going through iterations. And so I've got one iteration, not, not, it wasn't in the final form, but it was just in something we could wear. Had the initial one of that. Then two years ago, I had um, I had one that was open country on the outside. And on the inside, the insulation, I don't know why they do this, but the insulation was almost blaze orange. <laughs> but I loved the piece so much that I actually hunted in it um, during my Iowa archery tag two years ago. And I actually killed my buck in it. And... <laughs> Uh, I was about 20 miles away from, from Dudley's farm. And so I called him and he came over and he took, you know, we're cutting it up and he took a picture. I mean, I didn't think anything of it. I should have known better mm -hmm. because again, he's a public personality, right? Well, he took a picture of it. Well, hell, before we got out of the field, he'd uploaded it to Instagram and yeah. here I am. And nobody that I know of ever caught it, but I, I reposted it the other week and I said, yeah, here's that picture from two years ago shooting, you know, my Iowa buck in like probably the third proto of the ambient. And two years later, it came to market. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I uh, mean, John's probably been mad at me a handful of times, and, you know, because guilty as charged. Like, oh, you want me to wear it? And I'm, I'm trying to balance a I'll career never be, in the outdoors. I'll never be madder at you than I was at Cole Kramer. Okay, because I yeah. try to respect John like to the high, but at the same time, I've got this yeah, balance going. I'm, yeah. And so you'll see these pieces that I'm wearing that are test gear, but you'll never see me acknowledge a comment. You'll never see me. And people don't know what and, we're and doing. And here, here again, like I've tried to inject this into the Sitka marketing brain world. I'm like, some of that little grassroots, you know, itching behind the ear stuff isn't all bad for us because yeah. I can't tell you how many people, and I, I won't address the particular piece because it's not there yet, but want this this piece, you know, yeah. and they're like, where can, and I'm like, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I just don't have a lot to say about it. I just can't, because I'm, I'm testing it. I'm using, I got to eat. I got to fill up fuel. Yeah. I got, you know, I don't hunt with many people hardly ever yeah. no, unless i'm guiding <laughs> or yeah a lot of times and even in yeah. the the being a houndsman you know and when you say lion hunting for the record i mean we hardly kill any of them it's right. not that chasing i'm i'm handling dogs i'm a yeah. houndsman but yeah i'm usually by myself doing that and i i love it that's like my passion is being out there with the dogs and so yeah. if i'm you know tasked to be testing a particular piece i mean 
I can't avoid every gas station. I can't yeah. avoid, you know, like <laughs> it's going to get I, seen. This is why you know? I was afraid to talk, it's gonna to get talk seen. about him publicly. Um, uh, but no, I'm, it's, I get it. I understand it. Well, let know? me tell you this story about Cole because it's hilarious. Yeah, so Cole, Cole has been on this podcast okay. before. I had him and Dustin Rowe oh, yeah, at yeah. the same time. Yeah, and, and listen, I love Cole like a brother. Um, I, I'll just give you just a little bit of backstory. So I remember Cole, I call him check checking in, right? I remember Cole checking in on Kodiak Island as an 18-year-old aspiring brown bear guide. Hmm. And he would come to some, he was part of the Kodiak Search and Rescue at the time and he would come to these seminars I would give about some of this stuff. Anyways, we've known each other that long. Yeah. And now I, I think he's the best brown bear guide in the world. Um world records prove that. But nonetheless, so he helped us develop the Kodiak jacket, that that long kind of right. rain jacket, right? Mm-hmm. Um so circle back about these Gore-Tex shorts, he, he wanted a long rain jacket and I said okay why like give me the use case what what mm-hmm. are we trying to solve for here and he said well I wear hip boots or we wear hip boots and it's raining and you know I don't want to wear rain pants but your rain jacket's too short so the rain runs down the rain jacket right into my hip boots and I'm like okay so we start making a longer jacket and then we make it longer again and then we make it longer again and then he's like you know, I need it to my ankles. And I'm like, damn, Cole. I'm like, I'm just making a Gore-Tex duster. Like, I, I, like maybe, we need to, <laughs> maybe we need to stop what we're doing, circle back to the problem statement, and what are we trying to solve for? What you're trying to solve for is the water running into your hip boots. And I said, maybe we don't need a longer jacket. Maybe we just need shorter rain pants. And so literally, we made these Gore-Tex. I, I literally took a pair of Stormfront rain pants, and our designer cropped them right at the top of the knee still had the side zips on and i said why don't you pull these on over your hip boots and just cover up that little area sure and then now listen i probably knew it wasn't a commercial idea but you're figuring stuff out anyways long story short we end up with the kodiak jacket so now he gets it a season before Mm -hmm. so say it's going to launch in the fall he's got it that spring because we want to get photos of it and he's i forget the gentleman's name but anyways, he's going in with a friend of ours, client slash friend, and he's going on a bear hunt. And so, you know, I get on IG that morning and there's Cole and this guy standing in front of the float plane on the dock, ready to go, wearing the Kodiak jackets, obvious as hell. <laughs> and I, I'm like, ah, right. Cause it's a standout piece. Oh, it's very Visually, obvious. Oh yeah. Most stuff I'm wearing. So just, I start texting him. Colors. I start it. texting him and I'm like, dude, you got to take that down. Dude, you got to take that down. Radio silence. And then I'm thinking, oh, well, hell he's on the hunt. Yeah. Which is why he's just posted. I said, I'm not going to get a hold of him for potentially 15 days. <laughs> right. So again, to protect the innocent or the not so innocent, I won't mention his <laughs> girlfriend's name, but I got a, well, at the time, yeah, uh, his girlfriend and I, I got a hold of her and I'm like, is there any way that, cause I, I didn't have his in reach number or anything at the time. I said, is there any way you can get a hold of him? And she's like, yeah. And I said, is there any way you can get his password for IG and pull that picture down? And, and God love her. She did. And like within 18 hours it was down but i'm like you know 
I just didn't, you know, yeah. that's not well, the that, coming out that party piece, I was expecting, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, that piece is like, a, that's a, that's a, that was that's so a head obvious. turner. And it I was mean, like, it was yeah. production ready. It was camo and the logo yeah. and like, there was no getting around yeah. it. Right. Yeah, and that's it too. Is a and lot of course of this. you could just see comments just start blowing up. What is that? What, when can I get it? What's the name of it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. <laughs> and a handful so of stuff happen. we've gotten, or I've gotten, not all of it, but there is no logos on it. Yeah. Or I try to keep them pretty, off. Yeah. But then it gets sometimes so obnoxious with the paneling and the, you've got the waterfall camo here with the, I'm like, John, do we have any say in this? No. No. It just comes the way it is. No. (laughs) No. At that point, you were just like rolling the cosmic dice and seeing what, seeing what comes in. Yeah. Well, that, this is why I think people once they start using your products realize this is a quality piece this is not something that just someone spiffied up and tried to throw a price tag on it and have some you know whoever promote it for them well that's i tell you we at least try randy right we might not get it right every single time but man we give it our all every single time well and the market's only getting more and more competitive not like it wasn't already yeah but in this real niche space of mm-hmm. like mountain hardcore hunting yeah. um it's super competitive so i mm-hmm. i sympathize with john's freak out of don't show it. <laughs> and then there's another side where i i'm kind of eh, it's more in my nature but I'm not so opposed to like dangling that carrot and yanking it right back away from me because I know we're going to make the best product, you know? And it's like, if you know how the buzz works, you know, Mm -hmm. and when the buzz starts and gets people off their game and we're just charging ahead and we come out with that product and it's superior, you know, it's, it's good to be the best, you know? Well, I think what a lot of people don't understand is that in the clothing space, if I wanted to tomorrow, I could call some textile company who they do these product runs for a lot of the companies that are out there. Yeah. And they're going to build some story around it, blah, blah, blah. Most of them are made in the same neighborhood out of the same materials by the same factories and not it's, it's not went through these processes that Mm -hmm. you guys are putting it through, but you know what? If you build a good enough story around it, some people will buy it. But yeah, and, and, and you know, a, a lot of the stuff out there now is 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 good and, mm-hmm. and a heck of a lot better mm-hmm. than it used, than it to, used be. to be. Oh, but yeah. you know, I think what what I'm trying to do, what he's trying to do, what you want to be a part of, what sick is like. We don't want to just be good. Like we want to be head and shoulders above the rest. We want to be differentiated. You know, one of the things that you know I like to say is, you know, we like to scratch, make the biscuit. So, you know, the biscuit your mom makes from scratch is always better than the one you can get out of a box, right? Why? Because you literally are selecting every ingredient, you're measuring it out in in your own special way, and you're putting it together. And so, you know, we've got something coming out next fall um, that that material or I'll say textile package to even tease people, um, it's proprietary. Okay. It's ours. Yeah. There's nobody in the world that's got it. There's nobody in the world that's built it but us. The only place it's going to end up is in that product. And, you know, when you start doing that, 
one, it's interesting, it's unique, but you're like, but nobody knows if this is going to work. Like, you know, in theory it could work, but yeah. ultimately you don't know, um, you know, if it's going to work. And so the other thing is it's becoming so competitive, you know, the outdoor space in general, hunting specifically in the last few years, like it's, it's become very competitive and it's great. Right. I mean, I think, I think it's all good to push innovation, but there's a, there's a competition to when new technologies come out, who finds out about them first or who maybe more importantly sees the technology and has an idea of how to apply it and has a basic understanding of where it could benefit, yeah. you know, the user or the system, because what's happening is you want to be, if you can do that and you could be the first one, you want to try to lock up that technology for a year or two and be the exclusive launch partner with that technology to, to, to be the first to market. And, um, you know, there's not, there's not, there's a lot of technology out there, but I wouldn't say it's all great or maybe it doesn't, uh, it's not applicable to what you want to do or, or to how you want to apply it. Um, so that, that's where, you know, we have a huge team, SICA does on the back end that that's what they do. They, they go to the different mills, they go to these big, you know, um, trade shows where there's all these different people selling their technologies. Right. And so then mm -hmm. you got to sort through like who's actually selling the real stuff and who's just, you know, got a marketing campaign behind it. And then, and then when they get that together, then you start to sort through that and, and slowly, and that's why it takes so long because you just, you just don't know, or, I, you know, I've got a whole box of stuff on my desk. doesn't necessarily look organized, but it's like, this is like the maybe pile at some point, you know, <laughs> that, that, that might have a use at some point, but we just don't know yet. Or, you know, it's just not, it's an interesting thing, but they haven't refined it enough or the price is so high. They need to, they need to commercialize it better and bring that down. Right. And then, and then you can do that. And so, you know, when you start to put all that together and then get to the point of, you know, Tyler putting a couple years on it and then getting it to you to kind of validate and, and begin to push it out into the market, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a quick process. Well, yeah. by any means. And the way, and what you're talking about, you know, this stuff that's so cutting edge, it's like, it ain't cheap. No. And then, mm -hmm. so to commit to it, you can't just commit to it off of what the guy's telling you about it. You want to know it. I mean, yeah, I want to absolutely I have to know validate it. it. Yeah, and yeah. then to validate it, you know, that's where we get to the testing part of things and stuff. But then you got the worry of if it's not proprietary, there's other competing brands that are getting their hands on it, and now we're racing to the market. But what good does it do if you dump millions of dollars into trying to run at a piece just to beat the other two competitors and it falls short? Right. That's not what we do. Like we make, and you know, there's there's haters. Uh, every everybody's, you oh, know, right. every brand's got haters. You know, mm -hmm. I hear it, whatever. And I just know what we do as a brand and the and the products that do go to market now are they're tried and true tested. There's big commitments financially to get those to market because of the technology, because of the testing, because of the time. You know, marketing is just one tiny piece of that. Um, but now you're, you know, sick as a proven. They've proved themselves in enough 
facets of, of garments, you know, the pants, the jackets that, you know, this is where we're at now. And so the stress that John and Eric deal with is much different than I don't really have stress. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I don't really have stress well, about it. Like, like these guys, that's a pretty know. true. I think that's a pretty true <laughs> statement at some levels. Oh, yeah. but, you know, I don't, I don't want, I also don't want to make it out. Like, you know, if, if um, you know, the, the five or six, you know, we'll call them best hunting brands, or maybe I should say best known hunting brands, you know, ended up in an alley, it would be like a, you know, a street fight, like in Ron Burgundy. I mean, you know, a lot of us get together, Yeah. but you know, we're, we're still trying to, you know, kind of one up, one up each other. Everybody's trying to find an edge. You know, and somebody does something cool. And I I like to say, you never know where the best, where the next best idea is going to come from. I mean, and oftentimes it's not within the hunting industry. It could come from anywhere, but but you see, you know, you see people that do things, and all of a sudden it sparks something. And then I go through that box on my desk, and I'm like, "Oh, that just that just sparked an idea. We need to look at this, right?" Or he comes in and he says, "Hey, I've got this problem. Like, you know, not, nothing is like solving this." And then we just well, start to put our heads together. You'll see it in the future, I think. I but think so. There's some there's some things that we've discussed, or it's not even a discussion. It's like a one sentence, and we go. Well, duh. <laughs> like, why have we not done that before? And and it solved the problem. And it's like, no one's done that. That's the easiest. It's things like that. It's like, we, it's, it, we do overthink, but at the end of the day, when you have a reoccurring problem, when you're pushing the, the garment or whatever, you're testing to that limit and you have that reoccurring problem, we got all the right brains. Yeah. There's all the right people look at it from their own experiences and their own way. And collectively we solve the problems and then there, there we go. Now we can financially commit to it. You know, everybody starts to be brought on board. And what I'm hoping like in this one particular piece that gosh, it's going on five years. It's been a while. Um, it's like the dumbest, simplest. There's just one aspect of mm-hmm. it. It's the dumbest, most simplest, easiest, but it's like genius. It's like <laughs> which are often the best ideas, right? Yeah, and uh, and so it's just it's encouraging because it's like even the e- dumbest, simplest, easiest things mm-hmm. sometimes they go unseen. Yeah, just like we have all these real competitive brands that we compete with, and well, no one else has solved it. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that's. Kind of. Well, it was interesting when all of us were together a couple of weeks ago, you know, the testers, uh-huh. Tyler and yep. others, and then some of us who are just the uh, smiling faces, I guess. <laughs> uh, and you, you asked a lot of questions of, well, what do you guys, you know, what's some use cases? Where, where do you want us to push the envelope further and further? And everybody had their own opinion about it. But uh, how far out? some of that is, you know, it's people I think are like, well, why don't you just make this and have it ready for market in three months? That's, yeah. That one, that's probably not practical for any company, but a company that has as much of their, their product ethos in testing as Sitka does, that's just not going to happen. You guys are, <laughs> I, I was, some of the timelines you gave, I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll share a little bit of that. So, 
this is being recorded August of 2022. Yeah. We are halfway through our development season of spring 25 and are getting ready to kick off fall 25. So if you come to me with the next great idea, the soonest I can bring it to market is fall 25. Wow. Yeah. There you, uh, and I hope folks are hearing that. It, yep. it, so 23 is done. 24 is almost baked. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, you know, luckily I don't sign a lot of checks anymore, but um, <laughs> if I was, I'd be putting the wrong uh, year on there all the time because I don't know what year I'm living in half the time. <laughs> you know, you get me drunk at the bar, I'll start telling you stuff that... I already think is launched because I'm done with it and it hasn't, you know, the world won't see it for two more years, you know. Uh, I have been with you and Eric, uh, your shy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've He's the mad it, scientist. I, yeah. That's mm -hmm. the brains behind the operation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had no idea there was such a thing as a, uh, a fabric or whatever you Textile call it. Textile engineer. Textile engineer. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm like. Did he just appoint himself as that's his title? <laughs> yeah, right. And then he started yeah. telling me he went to school like Syracuse Yeah, they go to school. Yeah, he went yeah. to Syracuse. And, uh, yeah. and a myriad of other engineer-type yeah. fashion people. Like, <laughs> yeah. not, not fashion, but, yes, you know, material. And I mean, yeah. I, I'm like, who's yeah. this now? And what is her title? Or what? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and the, yeah. the best thing that I ever had in terms of seeing how uh, really high quality products are tested and put through the rigors is you guys sent me back to Delaware for what was called the Gore Tech session. Yeah, that was, I think that was before I ever even got to the company. Yeah, that, that, that's been a while. 2011. Yeah. They sent me and a few of us back there for a week. And they, these aren't just guys you pull off the street and say, hey, mix up a little pot of this. And I mean, PhDs, like people who are the real mad scientists, nerded out. Like, <laughs> you think accountants are nerds. These people were. Uh, and you'd ask them questions, and they're just, oh, well, they, they had an answer. Like, they yeah. had, they'd seen it all, done it all. They make you go stand in all these rainstorms and different water temperatures, and they're taking your body. It's like, you guys do this. You walk in there and there's a room with like 200 washing machines. It's like, well, yeah, we got to wash these. We got to test them. I'm like, you're kidding me. Oh, no. And then you guys have machines that test the, their fake feet that yep. walk in That'll the That'll flex. Yeah. Yep. And they were testing. Someone had, uh, well, some company to remain unnamed. Uh, they had a Gore-Tex liner in their yep. glove yep. and it was failing regularly. Mm. And the PhD person, she's like, well, they aren't doing the taping or the seaming the way that we have to. So I had no idea that Gore, you kind of get approved as, do you know how to use the Gore product properly? And if you fail that, you're <laughs> Yeah, you're not done. just any factories, um, you know, can build a, a, a Gore product. But yeah, I'm glad you brought the folks back East, because, you know, being owned by Gore definitely has some advantages. And, and one of which is this world-class test facility yeah. back on the East coast, you know, climate chambers, rain rooms, all these things, you know, we've done quiet, you know, things for quiet with the fanatic and all that. And there was a, 
I think it was for six, it was about six months and they were having, it was like every Monday morning or something like that. And a different PhD or whoever <laughs> they may be, they got on and they had, they gave a presentation about something. And if I'm good at anything, I think what I'm good at is listening to them, asking questions and taking what is almost inconceivably difficult to understand and putting it in layman's terms and being able to communicate that because they have the answers. Mm -hmm. They have the knowledge, they have the answers. And if you ask them, you're going to get to your point, you're going to get an answer. And then you have to pick through that and you're like, okay, but what, you know, what what are you saying? (laughs) Because they're so smart, right. And they're so involved in, in their thing. Um, you know, I wanted to know about breathability and, you know, for an hour, the gentleman gave me an answer on breathability and I had to keep circling back and going, okay, but like, you know, understand who I am. Like I am an end user here. Like I am, you know, you got to put this in. And so my point is when I have a question, we have this amazing resource to ask, or if something's not working right, say, Hey, why, why isn't it working right? Or, you know, is this not going to ever work or is there something we're doing wrong? Are we, are we building it wrong? Is it, you know, to your point, or are we using it in the wrong combination, you know, or, you know, why, why does the lab say this, but you know, the field data shows something else. And he's like, Oh, well, you know, because when you're walking, you've got this warm air, but you're warm, moving the warm air through, through the garment and that warm air is moving, you know, and so you're going to feel cooler than if you were just static. And I'm like, Whoa, you just gave me like a lecture <laughs> yeah. on the law of thermodynamics or yeah. something, but <laughs> no, it it's goes. fascinating because that's what, that's what's helped me over the years. And then we can sit there and go, okay, now let's apply it to hunting. Um, and really try to get a performance that, that we're looking for, you know? And then it just compounds when, you know, you're, you're laminating two different textiles together, where you're seaming your gear, what stitch you're using, and you that's know, where really what you're trying Eric to accomplish, like whether it's genius. breathability or waterproofing or, and that's, that's the kind of the fascinating side to me is like, it's not just the piece of material. It's like how it all kind of, ends up working like and then he just gets a jacket or a pant and i don't tell him anything about it and i <laughs> yeah. just want him to wear yeah. it you know? and i just don't ask him any questions <laughs> but oh. it's kind of off subject in that but when we were at our little summit meeting here a couple weeks ago yeah and a bunch of stuff was being presented to well randy and i john was in the know of it all but there's a bunch of stuff coming out but diane um she's like a designer right would be a well, she made a statement to me when we were all jabber John after the deal, and I forget what piece it was, and we probably can't even say it yet because it hasn't launched, but there's a standardized test where they put it through like 30,000 cycles, and if it passes that, then it meets this criteria for whatever the language is. of This piece went a million, yeah. a million times. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then they said... Shut it down. It's going to be all right. Yeah, no. And no, I'm like, I probably won't need that. to test that part. <laughs> no, but you know, that, I remember that's, her saying that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so, like a million. So like we, a yeah, million? we we won't we won't mention the piece. I think it's out next year. But so there are there's standardized tests, and I mm-hmm. certainly don't know them all. 
and let's say this, it's a standardized test and then there's a standardized, let's just say duration, right? Mm -hmm. Or metric. So let's just take 30,000 cycles and they get the 30,000 cycles. They're like, great. Well, we don't want to just do the standard. We want to go beyond that. And so in this case, and I don't, maybe it wasn't 30,000, but it definitely went I to a million. I guarantee it was a 30,000 was, yeah, I guarantee the, I heard it. The same and, thing. Then, yeah. and then at a million and they're just like, okay, well, we're bored now because this isn't going to, you know, be, <laughs> be an fail. issue. Our whitetail gear, I remember when, you know, Chris got there, well, it's probably been five years ago and we were doing some wash tests. You talked about the washing machines. Yeah. And so there's standard wash tests, you know, the standard washing machine, detergent, temperature of water, time. Mm. And then you do that X number of times for, quote, the life cycle of the garment. And the, does it hold up? Does DWR, whatever, mm -hmm. stay on it? But for a whitetail hunter, you know, they can be, can be, are so obsessive right. that they may be washing their stuff every day, every other day. And so... That standard wash cycle doesn't work for that consumer and that product. So I won't remember the exact time frame off the top of my head, but they extrapolated, okay, if the if you know the person's hunting 60 days a year and they're gonna hunt or wash their stuff every other day, that's 30, you know, in a season, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, they 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 went like 10x whatever the standard was to make sure that you know if the person was obsessed obsessed enough to do it that they would and then i think chris went a step further and said but ozone is now you know people put stuff in ozone lockers that let's put it in an ozone locker between each washing and see if ozone somehow degrades because it it will degrade certain things like uh i think raw not not raw but uh natural rubbers and things it'll mm. actually degrade so you know, it's like there's the standard and then there's what we would like to do to make sure that that, you know, if somebody's going to invest in that product, that it, they don't make it halfway through the season and then, you know, it falls apart on them because they've washed it past the life cycle of the normal consumer. You or, or you can bring it to my end of the spectrum and Where you never I might wash it, wash it once <laughs> in, in like 200 days. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I actually approach a lot of the testing with the non-wash uh, for a period of time, mm -hmm. uh, the non-wash approach, because a lot of us that are really relying on it when we really need it, sheep hunting or mountain goat or, you know, your extensive periods of time, you're, it's got to perform at least two weeks dirty. You know, oh, and, yeah. and dirt oh, yeah. makes a big difference because dirt can hold moisture. Dirt, dirt can break down things faster. Or you have gun oil or insect Correct. repellent. Yeah. Or, and you know. so I do a lot of. Uh, I'm that. I'm the Linus of the. Yeah, <laughs> but but <laughs> look at but look at the stuff. Uh, look at the stuff Dustin and and his crew are doing up in BC. Right, mm -hmm. well, they're in the bush three months. Right. And yeah, they can have things, you know, new things flowing in, but for the most part, they're not washing their stuff. Maybe no. in a creek, they're washing it right. off. And so you put something on on him and his crew, they come out three months later, it's like, yeah, that's that's a decade for anybody oh, else, yeah. you know? Um, and, and so, you know, so that's where you start taking all this testing we're talking about and you start applying it to the end use and that consumer or, you know, what, what so as we talked about the big game hunter, we just talked about the whitetail hunter. And then you have the waterfowl hunter, right? Yep. And I'm not a huge waterfowl hunter. I, I was in the past, but not anymore. But, you know, and I love them to death. But for the most part, from what I can figure out, waterfowl hunters are kind of pig pens. Like they're going out, 
They're going out. They're they're laying and rolling around in fields and marshes and you know and they're covered in mud. Yeah, that was my Snoopy reference. I yeah. missed yeah. because yeah. that's when. Pig pen, but but Linus is sleeping all the time. Yeah, right? but yeah. but that's but that's yeah. when the that's that's the environment these these ducks and geese live in, and and that's when the the Huntington is the best, right? And so you have to try to then solve for that problem set that 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 person is going to put themselves in for that end use. And, and honestly, like waterfowl hunting is some of the most abusive because it's wet, it's muddy. And then Inactive. that consumer gets back and, you know, you're not going to, to your point, you're not going to wash your stuff every day. Like okay. I, I, I say, do as I say, not as I do. Like I, you know, and so it's like, if you know that that's just a reality, then you have to try to build to that. And then, mm-hmm. If it doesn't work, then you have to come back and go, okay, we need to figure out something else. And then how do you test that? Really, the only way to test that is to go roll around in, in the muddy field, right? And so I've never yet gotten figured out how to get like a bunch of college kids on a, on summer break to like, you know, put bibs on and roll around a field five hours, a, you know, five hours a day or crawl across rocks for two hours a day. It's, you just got to go do it. Yeah. So all, all that just, but but I think ultimately even though you know we've never really talked a lot about this publicly, I think it comes through, not just with our product, but anybody who actually goes to those levels, it comes through when you put that product on. You're like, yeah, these, these people, this brand actually you know, kind of went the extra mile to figure this out for us. Yeah. And you have to have that trust then, right, that, yep. that they did. Well, I, I 100% have that trust because I've seen it. I know the people you work with. I've spent too many days in the mountains with Tyler and I've always said that if you can build something that Tyler Johnerson can't break you've got the best in class yeah well <laughs> Randy I'd never put it that way but I would have to tell you I give my endorsement to that as well because you know how long we've been working together well seven years eight almost eight years when so you came yeah. on yeah yeah so I can attest to that. Yeah, and that that is a bit of a pitch to any other company that's looking for a product tester in the hunting space. Hunt solo, tie. Uh, I don't know if he's got any time to test any other product, but maybe you should start testing fishing <clears throat> products now that you got into walleye fishing. Oh, now that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I not. I'm kind of still a novice, I, I, but yeah. I abuse it. But, but I think Tyler, someone needs to send you a boat. There you go. And see if Tyler Johnerson has any good ideas. There you go. Boy, we got, out there. I got some stories about that, but I'm not going to share. Yeah. We almost sank one time. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I got the spot. We rip about 45 minutes oh, down the lake. it was hilarious. Like in my old orange boat, yeah. you know? Well, I still have it actually, but... Well, one of the rivets from Hell Creek driving in yeah, wore off road. the bottom of my boat. Oh, okay. So we get all the way down there to this fishing spot. I'm like, here we go. You know, and John's like, is there supposed to be water coming out the back back there? <laughs> I was only in the Navy for 26 years. I'm like, you know, I, uh, I kind of thought I knew how boats pump. work. I'm like, uh-oh. And I look I'm down like, yeah, there. you better turn your bilge pump I'm on. I'm like, I think we're sinking. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> He kind of said it just like that. I think we're sinking. And I'm looking. So I'm immediately like, all right. Yeah, maybe a mile to shore. I can make that. Probably be the day and a half. We were thinking, okay, it'd be a day and a half hike back, and we'd be on the wrong side. And we'd of the be reservoir. on the wrong, you know. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, this is not good. But so. anyway, we we blew back and got it patched. <laughs> you know, we're resourceful. Yeah, yeah, we figured it out. Yeah, 
Yeah, we figured it out. If my wife has listened to this podcast, she's recalling the same similar thing on one of my boats. uh, It had a, a, the intake for the live well had a, supposed to have a check valve. Mm -hmm. Well, those check valves would fail. So the intake is kind of this little flange that picks up water as you're going. Well, we're coming from the far end of Fort Peck, you know, just cream the walleyes, man. I'm like... And I'm giving it the sauce. I got a 175 on this thing, and I'm looking at my GPS. I'm going slower and slower. And my wife is like, is there supposed to be water in the back of the boat? Oh, boy. I'm like, ah, it's just a live well. And I'm going slower and slower, <laughs> cranking to Hell Creek Bay. And I am I got water nipping at my heels. I'm like, oh, this is not good. Beach the boat. And you know how when the... You're kind of the when you got the thrust on the outboard, it pushes the motor or the back end down a little mm-hmm. bit, so all the water settles back there. Yeah. Well, as quick as you let off the throttle and you come up on point, I had a surge of water come up <laughs> through the boat. There's stuff floating everywhere. Oh my goodness! Fortunately, I, and I from the driver's side, I never looked to see the automatic bilge has been running the whole time. You know, you mm-hmm. have the, yeah. the both an automatic and a manual. I got both of them just pouring water out. And I'm like, oh man, what do I do? So Yeah, that's she, a hel- she, helpless feeling when you're on the <laughs> Fort Peck Reservoir yeah, no, a long it's, ways it's, away. Uh, there yeah. is nothing there There's other nothing than there. good fishing. Yeah. <laughs> and man, some good hunting and stuff. But Yeah. Tyler was in on one of my other outboard experiences in southeast Alaska when oh, I rented yeah. that boat and we were out. The tide was sucking us out and the motor broke. Yeah. Good thing and, I had my Leatherman. Yeah, the, it is. And uh, So uh, this is all you people who have Johnson Motors are going to hate me for this. But my dad was a big fan of OMC, which was Johnson and Evan. So I was pretty handy at fixing boat motors. I, I my wife is not allowed to know this. <laughs> okay. I, and Bart I May, Tyler's filming. Our mutual friend Bart May is with us, and this thing dies, and we're in this. Narrow and we're in a channel. rip current, narrow yeah. channel. Yeah. Yeah. It it gets tides twelve to fifteen knots going through there. You see whirlpools. Yes. It's freaky. And it's. I've got a similar story. Sending <laughs> us out to area. the big water. Uh huh. <clears throat> we got a sixteen foot boat with a thirty five horse broken Johnson on it, and. Uh, I can see what the problem is, but they said, oh, the toolkit's in the ammo can. You open the ammo can, and there's a flare in there. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. So Tyler grabs his multi-tool and hands it to me, and there's three of us now running the boat. I got to hold the throttle open while Bart pulls on it to get it started, and then I'm running the throttle... Bart's steering and Tyler's in the bow giving us directions to avoid all the rocks. Go wow. this way. Go that yeah, way. It was sketchy for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we're drifting out and we jumped out on that one big rock as we drifted yep. by. And that's where we were able to. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, get it we'd going. have just been. <laughs> and if we didn't get it started, we'd be over in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, well, one short December day, me and two buddies were going blacktail hunting on the north end of Kodiak and same thing happened. Uh-huh. Big tides, big whirl and we were we were on our way. We were in the Gulf of Alaska on our way to probably Russia. <laughs> and uh I want to say it was the Urascal. Give a shout out to them, but and they were bringing hunting clients out to camp. Mm. 
And they were full going out. It was like a Sunday night or something, you know. And they, we waved them down. And they said, okay, well, we got to go drop these hunters off. We'll be back. And mm -hmm. I'm like, they ain't coming back. And sure enough, they event, they came back and found us. Wow. In the dark? We, yeah. The wow. engine was gone. We had bad gas. Mm -hmm. I never went with those two guys again. <laughs> like they just, their, their boat maintenance was not yeah, working. Yeah. But yeah, we were, I was like, oh, this is, yeah. Well, this was a, a rental boat. And after that trip, Tyler? You bought, yeah, you bought yeah. an engine, right? Yeah. Did you come on the next trip when I bought that? Um, yeah. Yeah, I was on you, the next trip. Yeah, when I yeah. missed that great big one. Mm -hmm. And you chewed mm -hmm. me out because the first day I passed a Boone and Crockett bear. I'm like, well, we only Well, got it was the first day, but I'm going... Rand, I've, I've shot enough black bears to know that we're looking at a gigantic black bear at like 100 yards. Like you're probably not going to find a bear. And I'm like, yeah, the footage is great, Randy, but shoot the bear. <laughs> like that bear's gigantic. <laughs> oh, you know. But, well, we do, we're only a half hour into the hunt. Yeah, yeah. it's like, tough. Well, well, we don't have any stories. Well, I know you're trying to and, tell us stories. So that's tough. And here's the bad part. We find one bigger. No yes. way. And yes. color phase. Yes. Oh my god! Which there's hardly None. any color phase. That's there. that's my dream black bear right yeah. there. And Huge we get color there, phase. and we sne we're sneaking across the this tides thing was out. Gigantic. And I lay down. I remember it's like 205 yards, but I'm as the tide went down. I'm kind of you know my feet are up above me, and I'm trying to get. That's, and that's the bear tough. starts sniffing, and when a bear starts sniffing, you know things are going to happen quick. And I shoot, and I'm, I'm like, oh, I got him. And Tyler's like, no, I think you shot under him. I'm like, what? And just so you know, I've been with Randy a lot of kills. And he's a, you're a phenomenal shot. But I can think of two times where I just, what in the heck were you, th what happened? Uh, you know? Well, how many like, times you practice shooting downhill with your feet above your head? Yeah, you know, I, that I, is a tough angle. Hunting's I, different. For it every, is. You know, it's it all, is. I don't care what you say, yeah. how much experience you have. If you aren't excited, that's what I tell uh, everybody. I'm like, you're not a true hunter if you aren't excited, even now after a lifetime of hunting. If you don't get fired up, yeah, then yeah. you should probably not hunt, uh, you know? The, that whole thing, Marcus, who worked for us, and Tyler were both filming. And I said, I'm going to walk up this spot and see if we can see that bear we'd seen from afar. And they hear me running down the beach in my waders, and Tyler's, I hear him yell at Marcus, hey, come on, Randy's running at us. There must be something going on. And I'm like, there's the biggest black bear. I have. I think it might be a grizzly bear, even though there aren't it any. It literally looked, and I've killed a seven-footer, and I've been in on a handful. This thing looked like it was an eight-foot black bear. And wow. You guys in Alaska? Yeah. Well, the day before yeah. we had, the, the bear you passed was well over seven. I, like, I, I've seen way some black bears <laughs> pushing eight. And, and this bear was in the, on the, in the right area. And yeah. so we come around where now uh, Tyler and Marcus can see the bear. And Tyler puts his binos up for about two seconds. And he says, That's we're it. killing that That's bear. That's it, yeah. When it's that <laughs> big, and you don't, a bear especially, when you don't have to like and think I'm twice. Mirror. I, I, I am just like... Especially a color Even face. now I'm blushing thinking about it, but <laughs> no, well... Um, it's, so. it's the ones that got away that always... Hey, you know, you know there's... There's yeah. video of it. <laughs> this, isn't, video. <laughs> this isn't no story. And, uh, but... 
That's a, I think that's the only reason Tyler forgave me for passing the bear the first day. Was yeah, that, that was yeah. You'd have really saved he, face if you. Yeah, he came to seventy yards and turned broadside and fed, yeah. and Tyler's like, "I'm on him. I'm on him. Are you going to shoot? I'm on him." He's like, "Ah, it's <laughs> the first day." You know, <laughs> like, ugh. <laughs> oh, but then we had a similar situation on the Colorado deer. And again, like this is mm-hmm. only two times I've seen Randy miss, right? I've, yeah. but, and some amazing shots like the running deer in Montana and Lima peaks. Yeah. I mean now, but he has this really nice one. Well, we spot this huge buck. Like I haven't ever been killed a giant mule deer. So, I mean, Anything 180 plus is giant to me. And this buck was in the mid 180s, big. And we hunted hard all week and never could turn him up. And then one evening we got like a 160 nice heavy, I mean like 100 yards away yeah. or whatever. And I talk him out of shoot. Now I'm like, Randy, we have not hunted this hard to not <laughs> kill this other one. I go, this is a coveted tag. Like I did my best to talk him out of it. And I did. And sure enough, we get down to the wire at the end. Last night. And it was like, I've seen him shoot a doggone nickel off of a, you know, like, <laughs> and there he is and everything looks great. And, and I'm like, I think you missed. And uh, I, we looked at the footage and it's like, it was low light. And, yeah. And I think that was the last night of the hunt. Yeah. So, but anyway, point is, you can't get them all. And those are the stories you remember, right? Because I'll don't ever forget all the... My misses. I mean, if we want to start talking about misses. <laughs> yeah. No, let's not do that. <laughs> oh, well, guys, I, I I, wish we had more time for hunting stories. Who will do that on a different time? But yeah. I just, for the purpose of this, I wanted people to understand who, how, how you guys approach this at Sitka, but the fact that you work with people like Tyler and and I know now everyone's going to go follow hunt solo tie on Instagram, which is great. I hope they do, but well, it's private. So you better not be a bot. You better be real. (laughs) It's uh, just, there's certain people who they commit their life to being in the mountains. Yeah. In doing it. And Tyler, he's it. Yeah. It's so funny that the first time I met Tyler, he was working for a landscape company, mowing the lawn at my CPA office. But his reputation preceded him. I'm like, that looks like the crazy guy everybody tells me about. (laughs) He kills all these elk. So I went and flagged him down. And sure enough, that was him. That was 20-some years ago. And uh, so there's, there's some people who just... Well, when you want to hunt all year, you got to hunt, you got to work seasonally when you're young. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, the fact that, you know, you you have other people besides Tyler who are his peers in other places. He's he's the the, the cream of the crop. We just, I just have a few others that do come more some specialized testing, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to mention their name and they're not on social media and they don't need to be, you know, but uh, yeah. Well, it's. It it shows in the, in what the product is. I'm the beneficiary of getting product handed to me. Hey, Randy, go out. We need video for next year when we launch this or whatever. And it's flawless. It, it's so far beyond what my demands and needs are that I, I just... And you've I'm, been solicited for way more money, possibly. I don't know your oh, f- yeah. the financial, t- but I know that Randy's been solicited by 
plenty of other people on product and you know why would you walk away from what's the best i mean yeah you know as far as performance goes <clears throat> well so. when you're up when you're up in bc on that you know dream caribou hunt and dream moose hunt you, you don't want any excuses no, I, I don't want my storm front yep yep and, and underneath that yep. i had my uniform on I had my jet stream and my timber lines, <laughs> and uh, but it it was just miserable conditions. You know, you sit there and you ride a horse or you hike around that country up there. Yeah, that brush in its torrential rain for a week straight. Yep, that's when you find out if your gear was tested properly. Yep, hey, you don't you don't want to be the guy testing for failure no. at that point. That's no, a, that's life and death. Yeah, and yep. that's the once in a lifetime chance to go do it and. You know, you think about how many of your customers, they're counting on you guys for that dream. Mm -hmm. But that this has been something between the time they've put into it and the money they've put into it and the commitment they've made, they're counting on you guys. Well, and I think... You deliver. With the Sitka products, at least now, current, we're trying to, or least I know you're heads living here but we're trying to come out with something that's it's a life piece you know like these pieces are you might buy another one because you want a second or a third one but they're life pieces that you can use year in year out you know and i wouldn't even say take care of them they're just you know we all want to take care of our stuff but you get my point it's yeah. like they're pieces that work and they're going to work probably outlast you and your kids will use them and so I call them investments. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. And I I appreciate that. I I like Tyler's, you know, comment about the you, you buy once or you cry once. Yeah. You know, so well thanks buy for it. having us on because like like I said, you know, never really talked about this publicly. I think it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um I, I think I think uh Bring know, some just better that, context. Yeah, just yeah. give that insight into what goes into kind yeah. of creating some of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys got some hunting to do coming up here. I'm sure there's going to be some products. Everybody's going to oh, be yeah. like, what's that pink <laughs> thing they got Jonerson wearing this year? Hopefully not pink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thanks so much, guys. Right. Yep. Really thanks, appreciate Randy. it. And, uh, folks, thanks for being here. Hope you got something from this. When the sun came
for you.